0: influenced by his years of army training political ambition had caused him to seek transference from the army to the colonial office and so we find him still young and trusted with a delicate and important commission in the service of the queen when he received this appointment he was both elated and appalled The preferment seemed to him in the nature of a well-merited reward for painstaking and intelligent service, and as a stepping-stone to posts of greater importance and responsibility. But, on the other hand, he had been married to the Hon. Alice Rutherford for scarce a three months, and it was the thought of taking this fair young girl into the dangers and isolation of tropical Africa that appalled him. For her sake, he would have refused the appointment, but she would not have it so. Instead, she insisted that he accept, and indeed take her with him. There were mothers and brothers and sisters and aunts and cousins to express various opinions on the subject, but as to what they severally advised, history is silent. We know only that on a bright May morning in 1888, john lord greystoke and lady alice sailed from dover on their way to africa a month later they arrived at freetown where they chartered a small sailing vessel the fuola which was to bear them to their final destination and here john lord greystoke and lady alice his wife vanished from the eyes and from the knowledge of men Two months after they weighed anchor and cleared from the port of Freetown, a half-dozen British war-vessels were scouring the South Atlantic for trace of them or their little vessel, and it was almost immediately that the wreckage was found upon the shores of St. Helena, which convinced the world that the Fuwalda had gone down with all on board, and hence the search was stopped ere it had scarce begun, though hope lingered in longing hearts for many years. The Fuwalla, a barkentine of about one hundred tons, was a vessel of the type often seen in coastwise trade in the far southern Atlantic. Their crews composed of the offscourings of the sea, unhanged murderers and cutthroats of every race and every nation. The Fuwalda was no exception to the rule; her officers were swarthy bullies, hating and hated by their crew the captain while a competent seaman was a brute in his treatment of his men he knew or at least he used but two arguments in his dealings with them a belaying-pin and a revolver nor is it likely that the motley aggregation he signed would have understood aught else So it was that from the second day out from Freetown, John Clayton and his young wife witnessed scenes upon the deck of the Fowalda such as they had believed were never enacted outside the covers of printed stories of the sea. It was on the morning of the second day that the first link was forged in what was destined to form a chain of circumstances ending in a life for one then unborn such as never been paralleled in the history of man. Two sailors were washing down the decks of the forewalder. The first mate was on duty, and the captain had stopped to speak with John Clayton and Lady Alice. The men were working backwards toward the little party who were facing away from the sailors. Closer and closer they came, until one of them was directly behind the captain. In another moment he would have passed by, and this strange narrative would never have been recorded. But just that instant the officer turned to leave lord and lady greystoke and as he did so tripped against the sailor and sprawled headlong upon the deck overturning the water-pail so that he was drenched in its dirty contents for an instant the scene was ludicrous but only for an instant with a volley of awful oaths his face suffused with the scarlet of mortification and rage the captain regained his feet and with a terrific blow felled the sailor to the deck the man was small and rather old so that the brutality of the act was thus accentuated the other seaman however was neither old nor small a huge bear of a man with fierce black